welcome to the Sound of History podcast. This is the podcast where I teach my wife, Mika, about music history right now in America. We've learned a lot of crazy things. I'm Nick. Do you want to introduce yourself? You did it wrong. That part's supposed to come way earlier. It's supposed hey, to be welcome look, to the Sound of History podcast. My you, name is Nick. I don't tell you how to do your job. That's because I do it right. <laughs> End of podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to the Senate. Whatever. No, I already did <laughs> yep, it. She you did. don't get to undermine my performance. Well, this is Nick, and I am actually the one teaching. In case this is somehow your first time listening to this show. And this is Nick. No, that's Mika. <laughs> <laughs> so last step. Well, I, before we get in the pocket, anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? I want to plug Vista Bay's hard seltzer, the coconut mango kind. Is there something else that I should be plucking? No, I just feel like I should have like little intro time where you get to say whatever it is you want to say. I've said a lot of things so far. <laughs> I think we can move on. All right, that's fair. Okay. Well, oh, they're uh, from Aldi, by the way. Okay, I'm sure people were dying to know that. Listen, it's good. <laughs> it's cheap. Last episode, we wrapped up a couple things from the 1800s. Do you want to give a brief recap of what we talked about? We talked about, I learned about Tin Pan Alley, and maybe you learned about Tin Pan Alley for the first time, and it was when a bunch of people didn't want to listen to um, a bunch of different artists recording all at the same time with their windows open. It was just a cacophony of sound. I think it would have been cool. Thanks. (laughs) Um, And then... Let me think back to what else we learned. I just know it was really cool. But yeah, right it was now probably your remember. favorite thing we've learned about, maybe besides Broadway. It oh was my gosh, science. that's right. It was about science, and we learned about recorded music. Yeah. And, oh no, oh. gramophone? Yeah. That was Are the one Grammys of pictures of gramophones? They might be. I think they are. I think are. they are, yeah. Huh. Who well, I knew? Think the first one was phonograph. And then there was a gramophone. A gramophone was the one that they actually got to record back, right? I th- well, I th- Edison invented the phonograph, which oh, was so the, the first Oh, so the phonograph one. was the good one, but, but the gramophone, gramophone was, was the true first one? I think the gramophone was like a further, in, like a further oh, no. development of the phonograph. Oh, I was going to be so excited about the fact that I was right. I mean, you s- honestly, you still might be. I don't remember. <laughs> I Nick should. doesn't remember the things that he's teaching I us. I don't care about science. We've been over this. That's <laughs> so sad. Science is so cool. Okay. Well, last week we wrapped up the 1800s. Yeah, and it was really cool. And then Nick said that it, in editing, sounded off, which is a it bummer. Did. That is a bummer because it was a cool episode. We're really working on trying to get our soundboard to do what we want it to do. And by we, I mean not me at all because even though I'm the science person, I don't care. That sounds harsh. <laughs> I do. You just do not have the brain power to. No, it's not brain power. In it. You don't it's have not the brain power. It's I don't have the foreknowledge that you know. I guess. Well, today we're still in the 1800s. I thought you literally <laughs> just said we wrapped it up. You've got to stop lying about that. At least part of it is in the 1800s, but I the majority is past it. We're talking about ragtime. I like have heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> cool. It's probably one of my favorite like names of a music genre ever. It sounds fun. Ragtime. Cool. Ragtime 
might be the first fad in American music because it was short-lived, widely popular, and highly influential. It was the first pop song? Well, no. There were other pop songs, but this was the first, like, fad genre. We've had a few others. It's like the fidget spinner of the day. Oh, no. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's better. Like, it's, it's, it's a, better than the fidget spinner. It's a, like, that might be unfair to call it that. Cause, like, it unfair is. Unfair to fidget spinners. <laughs> no, unfair to ragtime. It is, it is a music genre. It was really influential. A lot of good came from it. And some of the songs are cool. But, like, it was just so short lived that it's hard to, like, you know, we're not talking about, like, jazz or the blues here. Like, it was a moment in time. It was, like, way shorter than vaudeville or minstrelsy or any of that. It's like 15 years was its entire life. Wow. A teenager. Do you, so you said you had heard of it, but do you know like anything at all about ragtime? Um, upbeat and fun to dance to and maybe a little old timey. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, considering it's <laughs> the 1900s. In the eight, no, you said 1800s. Turn of the century. Then yeah, it is probably old timey. It's called ragtime because of the way that people would play it, which, frankly, I don't understand all that much. Like, I read it, but I don't play instruments, and I don't really know much about, like, music theory or how to play instruments. So reading these super, like, technical descriptions, I'm just like, I'm sure that means something. I want to know. I'm getting there. Okay, I used to know music. Yeah, I mean, some of it makes sense, and it'll make more sense as you, like, listen to it. But when you're just reading it, it's like, eh. I'll read you the description from Wikipedia, and maybe it'll make more sense to you. Oh, Lord. Keep in mind, ragtime is predominantly a piece of piano-based music, so it's primarily on the piano. So is this what's playing in, like, old westerns and silent movies when, like, the one guy shows up and he's, like, all grumpy, and then it, like, is the picture of his face, and then it, like, the words pop up on the screen, <laughs> and it says what he's thinking, and then, like, the other guy from the, like, the rival guy in the western like this is the piano music in the background. Like do 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 do. I mean, maybe <laughs> we'll see. We'll listen to a couple examples and we'll see if that's still fitting. I'm calling it. Okay. That's what ragtime is. Well, here's the definition from Wikipedia. It was usually written in two fourth or four four time, with a predominant left hand pattern of bass notes on strong beats, beats one and three and chords on weak beats, beats two and four. I think I'm right. Accompanying, accompanying a syncopated melody in the right hand. According to some sources, the name ragtime may come from the ragged or syncopated rhythm of the right hand. That word syncopation, that's like key to ragtime. Like ragtime is syncopated rhythms. Cool. That's basically what it means. Here's a definition from the Library of Congress. So a little bit more highbrow than Wikipedia. <laughs> No in-between. <laughs> a genre of musical composition for the piano, generally in duple meter and containing a highly syncopated treble lead over a rhythmically steady bass. Cool. A ragtime composition is usually composed three... Okay, sorry. I copied and pasted this directly, so I feel like this is a typo on the Library of Congress site. Because it says a ragtime composition is usually composed three or four, but I think it's is usually composed of three or four contrasting sections or strains, each one being 16 or 32 measures in length. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll move on. I mean, I, I, I'm. You're following. You're stuck. tracking. I am tracking. And I don't know if I trust my interpretation and my memory of like 
how music sounds based off of those um, descriptions, but I do think that I might be right. Yeah, might be, for all I know. Well, I'll play some examples later, so we'll like maybe it'll start making more sense then. But for now, just remember the syncopated rhythm. That was the calling card of ragtime. Ragtime had its peak between 1895 and 1919. When did Western movies peak? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I mean, shut up. Had to be at, well, no, because there were silent movies, but like talkies happened in the 1920s. But so this really might be. It might it. be, yeah, because movies probably started getting their like heyday right around this time. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Vaudeville and somewhat minstrelsy still ruled in the lower classes with parlor songs and stuff like that dominating the upper classes. But for a period of time, ragtime ruled the music scene. It sold millions of copies of sheet music and spawned similar fads in Europe and Australia. Ragtime was a largely African-American style of music, at least in its origins, and grew out of African-American communities in St. Louis and along the Mississippi and Missouri rivers. It was heavily influenced by minstrel show songs, banjo playing, and offbeat dancing in cakewalks. Remember cakewalks? I From way back when. I really do not because I remember thinking about our modern day cakewalk that you do at like fundraisers. And I, wonder if I couldn't get off of that. I wonder if it's like from the same origin. But cakewalks were minstrel shows. It was like the... The crowning moment of minstrel shows when all the performers would walk out and do like fancy little struts. And it came from these white performers stole it when they went to like slave plantations and they saw slaves doing those walks. And they stole that and put it in their shows. But it turns out those walks the slaves were doing were making fun of their white owners. So really it was just white people making fun of themselves in minstrel shows. I remember that concept. Yeah. Eventually ragtime spread across America, but the hub was always like the Missouri region. The most famous and respected ragtime musician named Scott Joplin lived and taught in Sedalia, Missouri, and there's still a ragtime festival there every year. In 1872, Ben Harney was born in Louisville, Kentucky, or Nashville, or Memphis. We're just going to say Nashville. <laughs> Go Nashville. Woo, 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 woo. He may have been African-American. Wait, wait. Do we like him? Because if, if we don't like him, then Kentucky can have him. <laughs> I think he's okay. Okay. I mean, I don't know for sure because I didn't look into him, so I can't say that for sure. But, I mean, there's nothing bad about him in here. Okay, so he was born in Nashville and... He may have been African-American, but was probably white <laughs> since he looked and acted and called himself white. Oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> By most accounts, he is considered the father of ragtime and the first ragtime musician. His song, called You've Been a Good Old Wagon But You Done Broke Down... <laughs> was the first ragtime song to get popular and maybe the first ragtime song in general. I'm calling it that he's from Nashville and this is the <laughs> original country song about like that good old truck that like <laughs> he doesn't want to let go of. <laughs> oh my gosh. The cover of the sheet music that was published said the original introducer to the stage of the now popular ragtime in Ethiopian song, which is the first known reference to ragtime on sheet music. So even if it wasn't the first ragtime song, it was the first time like that word appeared next to a song in sheet music. The sheet music for his 1899 song, Cakewalk in the Sky, showed the first example of rag vocals, which is an early prede predecessor to scatting. Cool. Here's, you've been a good old wagon, but you done broke down. I'm so excited. I'm 
totally right. I mean, I can definitely hear this in like a silent movie. Yeah, it's the silent movie I don't movie know if music. it's western specific. I but mean, maybe not west. I don't know. I'm just picturing a guy in like a saloon and the other guy breaks through that weird kind of door. All right. So what did you think of you been a good old wagon, but you done broke down? I think that I was right. Yeah, I mean, probably were. I think that the best part about it is the title. <laughs> it's, yeah. And then it's just kind of like good timey, like I want to hop, you know, like I want to just hop around to it. <laughs> In 1897, Harney published a book called Ben Harney's Ragtime Instructor, which was the first instruction on how to rag by syncopating previously unsyncopated popular songs. So it was just like That's teaching fun. people how to cover songs in the ragtime style. He toured widely, widely with vaudeville shows. And, and wildly. And probably. And started calling himself the father of ragtime or the originator of ragtime. Dude, never call yourself the father of something. It's just not a good look. Yeah, it's a little tacky. Let other people call you the father and then everything is better. Most of his contemporaries thought that those statements were a bit of an overstatement for the sake of advertising. But his songs were the first ragtime songs we know of. So I feel kind of comfortable calling him the father of ragtime. Well, he certainly felt comfortable, so... At the very least, he is one of the earliest pioneers of ragtime. In 1925, 13 years before his death, someone recorded Harney singing an early ragtime song called The Wagon. Is it the same wagon that Dunn broke down? I don't think so. I think that he's really fixated on this yes, one. Yes, he loves wagons. Like the family wagon. Something happened when he was a kid to a wagon. He's just never gotten over it's it. It's the one that he learned to drive in. <laughs> Just so many good memories. He had his first kiss in the back of this wagon. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> Do we get to hear him sing about it? Yeah. Yes. In it, you can clear in this song. You can clearly see how it influenced jazz and blues. So you want to hear Harding singing? Yes, I do. About his first love, not the woman he made out with in the back of the wagon, the wagon itself. The f- oh, here it is. Well, jumped on the dummy, didn't have no foul this morning. Jumped on the dummy, didn't have no fare this morning. So you can kind of hear like a little bit of scat in the there. Jumped on the dummy, didn't have no fare. Went around the circle, didn't get nowhere this morning this evening. All right. Well, that was an older Ben Harney. I enjoyed that. Yeah. That was from our friends at the Library of Congress. Thanks, Library of Congress. The only other person who could possibly be considered the father of ragtime is a man named Ernest Hogan. In 1865, Hogan was born in Bowling Green, Kentucky. He made his living as a performer in minstrel shows, as a dancer, comedian, and singer. In 1895, he wrote a song called Le Pas Mala, which is, I'm guessing, French, and I probably butchered, as well as another one that has a racist word in it that I don't know if I'm comfortable saying. Yeah, probably not. It's all C-O-O-N-S look-alike to me. So I think that we know his race. <laughs> There's Actually, no he might be, he might he's not. He's African American. All right. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Some people call those songs the first ragtime songs, but although they might be in the style of ragtime, I think they were intended to be minstrel songs. Does that make them not ragtime? I don't really know. I don't feel like that's for me to say. Like he might have wrote the first ones, but I don't think he was intending to write a new style of music. Hmm. But he still might have. We'll let the philosophers debate that. We're just a history yeah, podcast. Philosophers really care about that. I feel bad. I miss. I miss. I, I raci- racial racially miss stereotyped him. 
I mean, just I because think that's, I'm so I'm so used, so used to like to white, white people, people yeah. doing the bad stuff, like in I this history right. stuff. Ugh, I give up. Hogan was cons- Hogan was considered to be one of the most talented performers of his day, but his contribution to racist styles of music haunted him. Before his death, he said that he regretted using the racial slur in the titles of his songs. The success of that song largely inspired many copycats, and it started a craze of songs known as C-O-O-N songs. Oh, no. Because yeah, of I'd feel bad about that, too, probably. Yeah, they were known as that because of their racist and stereotypical p- portrayal of African Americans. Oh, that's a bummer. His use of that racial slur and his hand in popularizing that style of song might be one of the reasons Hogan is overlooked as the founder of Ragtime. And because he wasn't trying to? Yeah. Well, I guess I mean, people aren't again, necessarily always trying to. Yeah. But I just feel like since Ragtime is like, it's so tied to African-American roots and it's so tied to that community, like the fact that he helped popularize and launch this like very damaging style is why people are like, let's not, like let's just... Because, like, even in his day, African-Americans kind of boycotted his stuff. Because, like, Darn. I mean, it's understandable. <laughs> like, Yeah. It, it's understandable that they sad. wouldn't want to support it, but it sucks that, like, he felt like he had to make that kind of music in, in order, order to order be successful. To be heard, yeah. In 1907, Hogan became the first African-American to produce and star in a Broadway show called The Oyster Man. That's awesome. Yeah. Harney or Hogan might be considered the father of ragtime, but in 1899... Scott Joplin published Maple Leaf Rag, which made him undisputably the king of ragtime. The song was a Did huge... Did he title himself the king of ragtime, though? Not originally, but he start, he adopted it for sure. That's that's okay. I Elvis s- I did the same thing, right? I can't say for sure he didn't originally call himself that, but like, I don't... Th- no one would dispute it. Like, even back then, other ragtime music... Like, we're going to talk about Joplin next episode when we focus in on the stories of, like, important people. Right. And as we'll see in a couple other people's stories in that episode, like, Joplin was the king. Like, cool. All other ragtime musicians would make pilgrimages to go and try and find him <laughs> to learn from him. That's pretty cool. Good yeah, for he's, him. He's a cool guy. He's one of my favorites. The song was a huge success and became the model for pretty much all future ragtime songs. Although it's hard to get accurate accounts, Maple Leaf Rag probably sold about one million copies of sheet music in Joplin's lifetime, which made Joplin the first person to sell one million copies of instrumental music. Maple Leaf Rag is easily one of the most influential songs in American music history. And we're going to listen to it right now. This is apparently a recording of Joplin playing Maple Leaf Rag. Awesome. I mean, it's YouTube, so we can't say that for sure. Does he sing? No, it's instrumental. Who said that? I forgot. All right, well, that's Maple Leaf Rag. I like it. Yeah. I really appreciate fun. the fact that I'm so smart <laughs> that I figured out what ragtime was <laughs> before you explained it. <laughs> we'll talk more about Scott Joplin in next week's episode, as I already said. In the early 1900s, ragtime entered its heyday. It became it became one of, if not the, first truly African-American music style to reach mainstream popularity. Of course, minstrel songs ripped off African-American styles, but it was twisted and perverted. Ragtime was genuine. It was, for the most part, created, popularized, and played by African-American musicians. 
except for Harney, who was probably white. I just, I can't <laughs> get over the probably white thing. Like, well, I mean, no, no one really knew back then, I guess. And like, there, he probably died before people cared. So like, no one for sure knows. So we just have to go off a few not great photographs. And like, he might have called himself white, but that doesn't necessarily mean he was. Like we don't know for sure. I guess we should just believe him. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, people back then, if you, they could pass as white, they would because undisputably because easier life if you're white. So, like, if you could be white, be white. That's going to – don't clip that. Take that out of context, please. <laughs> <laughs> We've had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Ragtime was genuine. It was a genuine African-American created popularized style of music and probably be probably because of that, Ragtime had a lot of detractors. At a meeting in Denver of the American Federation of Musicians, they said, resolutions were adopted characterizing ragtime as unmusical rot. Mem oh. Members were encouraged to make every effort to suppress and to discourage the playing and publishing of such musical trash. God, people are the worst. <laughs> I'm assuming most of the people in that federation were white. Well, I assumed <laughs> that this other guy was white, and That's I was fair. wrong, so let's just... I feel like this is a safer assumption, because I don't think they're going to let black people into the Federation of Musicians back then. Ugh. In January 1900, an article titled Musical Impurity... Oh, my God. ...appeared in the mon monthly music magazine called The Etude... Etude? It's E-T-U-D-E. -E. I don't know how to say that. That's a word. Etude? I don't know. Whatever. I don't know what it means. I just know it's a word. The article said, the counters of the music stores are loaded with this virulent poison, which, <laughs> in the form of a malarious epidemic, is finding its way into the homes and brains of the youth to such an extent as to arouse one's suspicion of their sanity. Not the youths! <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like, it's really funny to look back and think that, like, kids have always loved music that their parents hated and thought was, like, either not music or was impure or was just trash. Like, just think about maple leaf rag and, like, how innocent and, like, calm that is it's by today's standards. It's going to make everyone want to go have sex and do drugs. Like, imagine playing someone from that, the person who wrote that article, imagine playing, like, Post Malone for them. Dear God. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, like, Ariana Grande or any of the music now. It's just, like, they would have a heart attack instantly. <laughs> Ragtime was pretty hard to define. The people who played it have differing views as to what it was. Why is it hard to define? I mean, I feel like you had a pretty solid <laughs> musical definition of it, what that it was, was technically. That was the key. Like, that was the center, but it expanded and, like, went many different directions. The people who played it had differing views as to what it was, and it basically just became, like, the word ragtime became a catch-all term for, like, this huge range of music characterized by syncopated rhythm in little bit of improvisation but by 1917 another catch-all term emerged also based on a new rhythm with improvisation jazz so after 1920 ragtime had all but died out it was replaced by jazz as we'll see when we'll talk about jazz most of the top jazz musicians blended ragtime into jazz they kind of blended it with the blues like ragtime and the blues birth jazz basically they made it less formal and more energetic Although it's had a few revivals over the years, 
ragtime is scattered, hard to track, and relatively short-lived. It's mostly important because of the impact it had on culture. For a style that was only around for like 20 or so years, it did so much. It inspired jazz, which became like the biggest music style possibly in the history of America. And it inspired two-step dancing, led to the birth of orchestra dances. So much of music through the 1920s owes its origin to ragtime, and then so much of the music from the 1920s birthed everything we know now. So, Thanks, like, ragtime. It can't not be talked about, but it's just really hard to like nail down. I enjoy it. Yeah, so that was ragtime. I've never heard a ragtime song that I dislike. <laughs> it's always just fun. Out of the like three you've heard. Hey, there's probably others. That's true. Well, next week we're going to talk about the big three of ragtime. Mm-hmm. There was, I mean, Scott Joplin was one of them, and then there were two other ones. They're just like the most famous and important ragtime musicians. Cool, cool. Can't wait to hear more of their stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our episode for today. Whoop. Since you did the intro, do you want to do the outro too? I don't remember what our outro don't, is. We don't have an outro. It's just kind of whatever I make up. We don't have a correction corner. No okay. one has told me anything I've gotten wrong yet. But. Our episode on the birth of recorded music hasn't aired yet, so probably it got stuff. Y'all wrong have in to that. tell us about Edison <laughs> once that airs. Yeah. All right. Um, everything I did. Thanks wrong. for listening to us, goofy people. Um, the cats had a lot of the uh, stuff going on in the background today. Sorry about that, but they're cute, so we will all excuse them. And um, I feel like by saying. Yeah the cats all the time it makes us sound like we're crazy cat couple who has like 15 cats we only have two so we're they have the personality of 15 cats (laughs) that much energy it sure sounds like 15 cats when they're running around at just want to clear the air that we don't have like a horde of cats here that would have made us so much cooler it's so much more eclectic like imagine cooler is the right way you should listen to this podcast it's two people who don't really know what they're talking about no offense to you nick and uh they have 15 cats they're just they think they're so cool but they're not like it would have given us so many people i never mind thank you um we like you and um if you have things to to talk t- with us about then you can find us on twitter predominantly mm-hmm. and we probably have a facebook on twitter? page to um sound of history podcast underscore sound of history underscore there you go sound of history <laughs> underscore yes my name is nick thank you so much for <laughs> listening we'll see you next week Good night, America.